ladies and gentlemen, is finally happening. It's finally happening. I've waited all year to say this. I am getting a full week of 20 degree plus weather uninterrupted. In other words, Public Chemist Chuck D. Bring the noise. FM Podcast Network. I am Charlie Taylor. And this is what's good. And you thought I was gonna say something important. <laughs> you, you, you thought you, you thought I was gonna say something important, but no, no, no. I, I I looked at my weather yesterday and I just saw sun, 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 and 25, 25, 24, 25. That's all I saw, but we're in the next seven days, I am fucking here for it. It only took until mid-July to get this consistent, glorious weather. <sighs> but it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. Going to make it count by staying inside and recording podcasts and right. <laughs> Hey man, I get my walks in. I get my walks in. I get at least two hours out. You know what I mean? At least two hours out. Just to get my just to get just to get just get some good air. You know what I mean? Go to the woods, get some fresh air. Uh, you know, collect some hay fever while I'm at it. Get some sneezes out. You know what I mean? Standard procedure. You know how it goes sometimes. It it it, it be like that sometimes. But anyway, it's good in the hood for once this year. And uh, yeah, apart from that, solid week. Can't complain. I uh, hope you all have been doing well. Hope you all had a good week. And um, yeah, we're going to be talking about some, uh, you know, some uh, some obvious stuff, some less obvious stuff, as I usually like to do. Um, but yeah, it's the vibes. It's what's good. It's, it's what you get. It's what you always get. And uh, you know, appreciate you for uh, kicking back once again, or if the first time, welcome to the squad. Uh, anyway, full docket uh, of a one of everything. This episode, sports, life, film and TV, music. And without further ado, let's just jump right in. For my series, before we begin, email to the IG, Discord link, all that, all that, all that. In the full show notes, go peep. And also PBR calls that I'm uh, going to read throughout the episode for yourself. Go support the writers that make this show possible. And with that said, without further ado, let the beat drop. Let's get into the show. In a week where it didn't come home, and you know what I'm talking about, but we'll get to that at the end. Uh, Black Widow breaks pandemic era record with $80 million at the uh, US box office on opening weekend. Uh, be going to be talking a little bit about film, uh, you know, in, in that in that kind of realm of uh, box office and cinema um, in a bit. Uh, Richard Branson goes to quote unquote space. Um, you know, some people. Uh, uh, I mean, I didn't see it. Like, you know what I mean, I'm not here to spend my time watching a billionaire go up into fucking space. All right, so it's it's, it's going to happen at least uh, one more time in the next couple of weeks. I, mean, I know Bezos is going to fuck off and do it as well. 
anyone have the exact same thought as me? I'm not going to say what that thought is, but I wonder if anyone else had the same thought as me when when these when these things come up. You know, what I mean, just, just don't want to say it. Don't want to don't want to put it out there. But I I feel if if you if you if you think of what I'm thinking, uh, has anyone else thought that? Okay, let's continue. Uh, but yeah, people were talking about uh, you know if it was if you actually went to space space because there's apparently a, a limit to what space is and different definitions as to what classifies as going into into space and not just you know into the uh, what what sphere is it? I know it's not atmosphere. Um, there's there's different types. There's different levels. I, I forget the I forget the furthest one. But yeah, um, yeah. There's, there's different there's different uh, definitions of going into space. But um, some people say he did. Some people say he didn't. Who cares? In at the end of the day, this is a fascinating one. I actually found. Uh, so Northrop Grumman, um, just some company. Look out for yourself. Um, but here's the here's the part. Here's the fun part. Are going to build homes. Orbiting the moon with a nine hundred and thirty-five million dollar NASA contract. Um, why? That's a great question. Um, for who? And uh, and for what? Um, I think uh, three valid questions to ask for that. Um, so yeah, and lastly, uh, the UK government. <clears throat> uh, lock in the 0.2% cut in international aid from 0.7 to 0.5 um, and that may not sound important hang about <clears throat> uh, it may not sound important but it is important uh, that's a that's a huge cut in a lot of ways um, I remember listening to a Guardian's Today in Focus um, about it a few months ago and there were some great testimonials from people you know on the ground in certain places doing certain things and uh, that that you know that they pro- they probably won't exist by the end of the year now, and that's uh you know that's 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 important. Um, you know, it, it, it's 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 said in with it's said uh, they're doing this that because you know uh, economy stuff like this, you know, it's, it's economy based. It's, uh, you know, and we'll bring it back to zero point seven when the economy's up, right? So I, I mean, I'm I'm I don't know about you guys, right? right? I'm not I'm I'm not saying you know whether. It should raise or not, right? I don't know, right? But I feel like why rock the boat on that front? Um, and also, military budget couldn't have gotten that 0.2%, really? Yeah? Okay. Anyway. So let's jump right into uh, life. And uh, this is all about Cuba, the country of Cuba. Um, it's, if, you, if you are not aware, um, it's been kicking off in Cuba. Um, it's been a lot of uh, protests, uh, a lot of uh, you know arrests. I think I saw some people go missing uh, on the, on that front as well. Uh, shortages, sanctions, social media, all of it. All of it. It's, uh, it's it's a bit it's a bit crazy um, going over there, and uh, it's a bit hard to follow. I, I for me personally, I must admit, um, but I did find this really good. Uh, I did find this really good explainer, as uh, it's called, why have Cuba simmering tensions boiled over onto the streets. And uh, this is by Ed Augustine in Havana, obviously Cuba, uh, by The Guardian. And uh, let's just jump right in because this is some good explaining. So, uh, Liuba Alvarez uh, leaves her house three times a week at 3.45am to queue outside her local supermarket for basic goods like meat, oil and detergent. detergent. Uh, Her last queue was, quote-unquote, relatively short after 
eight hours. She came home with some minced meat in time for lunch. Other days, she couldn't get back until 5pm. It's exhausting, says Alvarez, 47. Quote, getting up early gives me migraines, but it's the only way I can get these products to feed my children, unquote. Cubans are used to queues, but since the pandemic, endless lines, squeeze salaries and power cuts have become a grinding reality for millions. And on Sunday, tensions boiled over in the largest anti-government protest for decades. Social media, the pandemic and beefed up US sanctions, combined with a younger generation hungry for higher living standards, have made uh, for a dangerous cocktail uh, for a dangerous cocktail the ruling communist party is struggling to contend with excuse me i was trying to get out while i was talking uh, cu- uh quote cubans need cigarettes coffee and food to be happy said ray alonzo 41 in central havana on tuesday four years ago we had all that you could go out and buy a can of soda a uh, can of cola uh, now everything's gone of course people took to the streets unquote uh so there's multiple subheadings, but this one's COVID surge. Uh, Cuba has one of the lowest COVID mortality rates uh, in the region, with fewer than 2,000 dying from the disease since the pandemic began. But the island, which hospitalizes everybody who tests positive for the virus, has been hit hard by new variants. On Saturday, Cuba registered a record 6,923 new infections. Uh, hashtag SOS Cuba was trending on Facebook after hospitals in the western city of Matanzas uh, were so overwhelmed they put beds with patients in corridors. Rising case numbers have increased anxiety in the population. Developing its own COVID vaccines has been the state's number one priority, and 17% of Cubans so f- have so far been vaccinated. Obviously, I mentioned that, uh, I think it was last week, uh, with, the, with the new vaccine. 93% effective, I think, uh, was the number. Uh, but ploughing money into vaccine production has left the cash-strapped state with scant funds to import other essential medicines and pharmacy shelves are barren. The US Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, on Monday criticised the Cuban regime, more about the US now, uh, criticised the Cuban regime for, quote, failing to meet people's most basic needs, including food and medicine, unquote. Yet for decades, US policies have explicitly been designed to create sh- such shortfalls. Uh, in brackets, when com- when first compl- contemplating sanctions, President Dwight Eisenhower surmised that, quote, if they, the Cuban people, are hungry, they will throw Castro out, unquote. Donald Trump's, quote, unquote, maximum, pre- maximum pressure campaign against the island curtailed foreign exchange inflows. Flights to the island were cut back, cruise ships were banned, remittances were cancelled, and U.S. firms were allowed to sue multinationals investing in Cuba. The objective... The then Secretary of State Mike Pompeo reportedly told diplomats was to quote-unquote starve the country. Then the pandemic hit, which gutted tourism, one of Cuba's last resources of foreign revenue. The state's response to shrinking revenue was to grudgingly open dollar stores, a move which proved deeply unpopular as it vividly embodied the divide between the haves with access to foreign currency and the have-nots. On Sunday, dollar stores across the country were ransacked. Although he was vice president during Barack Obama's uh, reproachment, yeah, reproachment uh, with Havana, uh, Joe Biden has not rescinded any of the Trump sanctions after losing Florida in 2020, in part uh, because more than 60% of Cuban Americans in South Florida voted Trump. The Biden administration is cautious about doing anything that will alienate this voting bloc. Uh, that's, That's fascinating, isn't it? 
That's really fascinating. So you have 60% of Cubans in South Florida voting for Trump. And Biden is afraid of, and the Biden administration is afraid of lessening the sanctions of the of Cuba so they don't alienate Cuban-American Trump voters. Just going to continue on. Don't know where to take that. <laughs> um, online activism. Uh, Cuba launched uh, mobile internet late um, in 2018. Fuck. Uh, but more than 4 million people now access the web via their phones. The internet, and particularly social media, has altered the power balance between citizens and state. After hundreds of people came out in the western town of San Antonio de los Banos, uh, or Banos uh, on Sunday morning, uh, videos were viewed by people in Havana within minutes. The approximately $20 million uh, a year of US federal funds spent on quote-unquote democracy prote- uh, promotion factors into uh, the way Cubans experience the internet. Anti-Castro news websites funded by US tax dollars uh, advertise heavily on Facebook and YouTube. VPNs are needed to make purchases with credit cards in Cuba and to download many apps. When using the popular VPN Siphon, I'm assuming that's how you say it, it's P-S-I-P-H-O-N, I'm assuming that's Siphon. Uh, for example, adverts for Cubanet, ADN Cuba and Diario de Cuba, uh, all financed by the State Department, pop up as paid content. I actually saw on Twitter, literally as I was about to record, uh, something about VPNs, and I think I think US or Cuba in general have shut off the ability to use VPNs over there. I'm not I'm taking. I'm, I saw I saw a few tweets about it, so I'm assuming that's what happened. Um, articles from these outlets are overwhelmingly negative, adding to the sense of doom, gloom, and hopelessness which formed the backdrop to Sunday's protests. In recent na- uh, years, internet access to dissident blogs and US government-funded news websites. Uh, was blocked in Cuba, but major international news websites uh, were available. Since Sunday evening, the internet has been cut across the island. There you go. Uh, Hunger for change. Politically, Cuba is marked by a stark generational divide. Older generations who lived through an era in which healthcare, literacy, and access to culture improved greatly tend to support the government, but those born after the fall of the Soviet Union have grown up amid scarcity and uh, privation. Privation, uh, plus, yeah, I guess that's the word, uh, are more likely to oppose it, and are more likely to oppose it. This younger, less polite, yeah, less polite generation is often uninterested in the external causes of the island's plight. Many are riled by the mention of U.S. blockade, which they see it as an excuse and sometimes a sham. Blame for a system failing to provide for their need is put squarely on the government. This generational cleavage. Uh, was clear on Sunday. Anti-regime protesters were overwhelmingly young. Uh, pro-government t- protesters tended to be older. Claudia uh, Genlui Hidalgo, a 30-year-old member of uh, the Movimento San Isidro, uh, a collective of artists opposed to curbs on artistic freedom, said that the fact that the protests were spontaneous rather than organised Uh, indicated the level of discontent in Cuban society. Quote, Cubans need a change for the better, she said. I'd like to live, I'd like to live in a democratic society where power is not so centralised. And that's kind of interesting. Um, That last bit, that that, that generational divide, I find very fascinating. Um, Obviously, Cuba has been kind of like a, um, 
I think I think like a, a very good example of uh, what communism can do. Um, talking about the literacy and the healthcare, um, just guys, just go look up Cuban healthcare and uh, how that has, you know, been really a beacon for um, for that particular country. And uh, you know, and some people use it as a great example of what communism can do, right? Um, but I understand for the younger people, right? If you, if you, if, and this is the thing, right? I, it's, it's understandable in, um, I feel like it's objectionably understandable why people get pissed off, right? This is the thing I've been really thinking about, uh, for the past, like, couple of months, um, uh, when I, I, I link it, obviously, to, you know, where I'm standing in the UK, right, and how UK government responds to stuff, right? And you can, you know, you can throw last year into this as well. Um, my thing always is um, the problem with something like, I'm just going to say UK government, for example, right? Because that's why I know. Um, the problem with something like the UK government um, and how they respond to certain things is that they don't actively look into the root cause of why people are irritated by something, okay? Um, racism, uh, you know, uh, women's uh, women's rights, uh, homelessness, child poverty, uh, shit. Even something as not comparable to those, but still an issue, uh, masks. Right, it's not comparable to any of those, but it is an issue. Okay, um, to something like that, they always they never actually look into the root of the issue and why people feel that way. Right? It's but instead it's more like a um, either a blank, either rejection. Or acceptance of uh, what these certain people are talking about, okay? And even and it, actually, even when I say that, it's a lot of tiptoeing. It's a lot of tiptoeing, and then just carrying on with the uh, with as close to the norm as possible. That's what the term conservative is about, right? Where you are, where you are literally not trying to improve and keep what you already have, so to speak, you know what I mean, and just keep the same, uh, keep the same tables, keep the same pillars as, you know, as, 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 has apparently been very good for hundreds of years, right, um, so that's, that's what conserving, conservatism is, like, as a general, you know, term, right, and then you take that, and then some people are pissed about something, they want change, but conservatism doesn't allow for change because that's what conservative conservative that's the opposite of what conservatism is. That's sort of the opposite of being a conservative about not even politically but about anything. I'm relatively conservative when it comes to uh, hip hop music. Okay, um, and I can explain that. Bef- I can explain that further, but I'd rather not, um, just for the sake of time. But there's 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 never. Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm getting to the point. I'm getting to is is that. When it comes to something like this, um, with UK government or uh, people being irritated by something, or uh, and taking it back to Cuba, younger people being distressed by something, by by you know living in the um, clearly not the golden age of what Cuba was, right? 
uh, what the older people think that Cuba was the golden age, right? Of having the healthcare and the literacy, etc., etc., right? They don't fit. They don't taste that. And if they can't taste that, then why should they care? You know, you can give you can give all the back in the days as you want, right? But it doesn't matter because we're in the here and now, and we should focus on the here and now. And that's the and that's kind of the, that's funny, isn't it? Regardless if you're in a democratic society such as the UK or you're in a communist society such as Cuba, it's still the same thing. If people ha- if the people have an issue with something and they want change for that thing, <laughs> regardless of what uh what political system you're in, you still have to you still have to face that in some way and you have to deal with it. But in this case, but I feel like in terms of Cuba they're not trying they're not doing that. And in the UK, they're not doing that. So it's kind of funny how that works, isn't it? It doesn't really matter what um, political system you're in. If people are pissed and they want change, they might change it. They might not. But all they're going to do is tiptoe around the issue and uh, the supporters are going to support and the detractors are going to detract. And it's just going to be constant back and forth until, well, something... As always in life, something always has to give. Now we hop on to music, and we're about to get some thoughts uh, from a... It's an interview uh, from an artist that I'm actually not even that high on like as an artist uh vince staples i'm not really like that into right I, I've, I've listened to his stuff right and uh you know it's cool for the background you know what i mean it's good vibe but no, no sometimes not good vibes but you know he has a an eclecticism about him when it comes to artistry like there's not a uh the the, the, the some of it is conceptual some of it's not really some of it's just bars you know what i mean that's cool right but I don't know. I don't know. Like none, none of his, uh, none of it's is really, none of it's really like blew my mind. And people can just, and you know, I've, really, I've told, pe- I've told friends this, and be like, what about Summertime 06? What about Summertime 06? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. Like, and I probably should listen to it again. I haven't shared this to it like in years, but you know, it is what it is. But I say all that to say, Vince Staples in interviews and just uh, him talking about stuff and him like. Uh, just uh, opining about things is fucking gold. I am I am here for Vince Staples talking about anything. If Vince Staples had a podcast, I'd actually listen. I'm not even gonna lie, because just the way he talks about stuff is very fascinating. It's uh, it's, it's always matter of fact, and I don't know. It's just he's just naturally a funny dude. I, I rate it. I rate his I rate his vibe. Um, if even if I don't find his music that mind blowing, but you know it's cool. Not everybody can be like you know best rapper alive kind of vibe. Um. But anyway, yeah, so I found this interview, very fascinating interview, uh, from uh, Yemi uh, Abiyade uh, via The Independent. It's called Vince Staples. The music industry monetizes people's struggles, pain, death, and murder. And he's not lying, he's not lying. So let's jump right in. Vince Staples is the antithesis of the modern-day mainstream rapper. He's stoic, self-effacing, yes, effacing, and decidedly unshowy, whereas stars such as Drake, Lil Baby, and Tyler the Creator are visible, never far from a red carpet or promotional gimmick. Staples prefer- prefers to lay low. Letting his music speak for itself. Quote, I blend into the background and I think that's a big misconception about artists that, that they can't. 
He says I've assumed from his home in Long Beach, California. You can build your own world. I don't have to have security. I don't have to live, excuse me, in a gated community. I don't have to go to parties. I just create and I live within the world that I've tried to create for myself. I appreciate being able to have that kind of reality. Unquote. And I personally, that's my steez. That is my steez all all day long. Let me just create my own world. You know what I mean? Like if if I'm I'm not trying to go into all these, trying to do all this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I, I want to. It's stuff I might want to do, but you know, sometimes you just want to chill. And uh, it's, it's, I, I can't, I can't imagine in Drake's life, for example, is it, it, there's there's much time to you know chill. Um, but anyway, let's continue on. Today, the reality is that Stables is tired and his webcam is off, uh, but his breezy star quality is still palpable. Since the start of the 2010s, when his single North North uh, marked out his blunt, claustrophobic style and went gold without charting. He had gone to attention for being witty, tell it like it is entertainer who is un- uninterested in the fame game. His Twitter account is hilarious. A recent tweet is, I ain't know about Sam until the iPhone came out. We was a red snapper household. <laughs> and such as his comic timing in interviews, his fans often clamor for him to do stand-up. That's fascinating. I, yeah, I'm, I'm here for that. Uh, it's, it turns out he's been listening, and his new album this week comes with the news of a forthcoming Netflix show, with the details of which are yet to be revealed. Hey, see, there's a, see, I see, I literally said in a group chat, like when they were going at me for like, how can you not like Summertime Six and everything else, right? I was like, bro, if he has a, if he has like a Danny Brown esque show, like Danny Brown had a show uh, like last year, I think was it last year or two, well, two years ago now, probably. Uh, I think on Vice Land or something. It was just, it just looked fun. It just looked very Danny Brown, and I was like, if you give Vince staples that kind of freedom i'll fuck with it uh, but anyway his uh, humor is a counterbalance to his music off which often details his childhood spent on the north side of long beach among gangs poverty and street warfare he's also divisive a contrarian who ruffles the feathers of hip-hop elders with his unswerving observations of the music industry and the genre's evolution in 2015 a video by time magazine titled rapper vince staples explained why the night is overrated yeah i didn't like that that's all that was stupid uh, drew ire from some corners of hip-hop in it, the rapper said that the only good reason the 90s is called the golden era of hip-hop is because of the late, great Biggie and Tupac. Famed rapper turned podcaster Nori deemed Staples' comments idiot statements from someone who we hardly know. But Staples rises above it all. He, because he's one of the most engaging storytellers of his generation... Uh, Oh, because he's one of them. Okay. Um, this 20, a 28-year-old has led the life of someone twice his age both personally and professionally. Before his rap career took off, he spent his teenage years in gangs, and his music explores the reality of that lifestyle. He never glamorizes it, however. He wipes away the thrill of the streets, instead showcasing the inner and outer conflict, paranoia and sleepless nights that dominate an individual who is living a dangerous existence. It's far from the flashy picture of hood culture that gangster rap has painted since the days of NWA. It's bleaker, more nihilistic. Staples told The Guardian in 2015 that he, quote, started gangbanging because I wanted to kill people. I wanted to hurt people. There's no reason. It's a bloodthirst, unquote. Today, he says that his experiences have given him perspective and that rapping was a crucial escape, quote, coming from where I come from and uh, what I was doing prior to music, and what a lot of my family and friends are subjected to, he says with typical candor, I can only be grateful for music, unquote. Staples' world, Staples' world, uh, I don't know why they put another S there, is that grammarly correct? I feel like when there's an S and then apostrophe, you don't put another S, but I don't know, maybe that's the independent style. Uh, Staples' world was chaotic from the start. 
He was born in Compton, the youngest of five siblings, and his father was in and out of jail while his mother was bro- mother brought up the family. His older sister was shot before uh, before the family made the move to Long Beach, where Staples, when Staples was still a child, surrounded by the daily pressures of inner city California, he soon got into trouble as a member of the infamous Crips gang. Something he has he has said was down to his father's absence. "Quote: He's the reason I don't do drugs or drink." Or, and I never will. He told a radio show at Breakfast Club in 2017. He's the reason why I think all this gang shit is played out. Unquote. His downward spiral was halted when Staples found kindred spirits in Los Angeles's Odd Future Collective, a crew of alternative rap, misfit, rap misfits like Frank Ocean, Earl Sweatshirt, Sw- Sid, and Tyler the Creator. His path was redirected after a slew of mixtapes and collaborations with Earl, hip hop heavyweight Common, and the late Mac Miller. Staples uh, released his debut, Summertime 06, in 2015, a double album offering a glimpse into the gang life he once led. In it, he told stories about being racially profiled by the police, Lift Me Up, for example, dealing with drugs, dope men, and the angst of waking up each day to the possibility that it's your last. His sound, meanwhile, utilised a G-Funk offshoot of hip-hop that is native to the West Coast and immortalised by 90s legend Dr. Dre, Dre Snoop Dogg. Oh, that's, fun. that's funny. So the 90s are rated, but he's G-Funk. Just say it. Um, that, 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 I, f- I totally forgot about the 90s quote until uh, until I read this. I was like, fuck, he did say that, didn't it? That was, that was dumb shit. Anyway, I was really pissed at that day, at that point. Um, but Staples uh, wasn't one to stay in a lane. His music doesn't stick to straight-up hip-hop. In his second album, 2017's Big Fish Theory, was more inspired by a house in Detroit techno than any emerging rap trends, with tracks produced by dance music heads like James Blake and the late Sophie. Instead of courting big-name rap collaborations, he's teamed up with alt-pop artists like Gorillaz and Santa Gold. His, uh, he leverages the quirkiness of his sound with sometimes jaded, or sometimes animated, always incisive vocal tone. Although he is typically breezy about how he decides what uh, what sounds to rap over, quote, if I like it, I like it. I just go with what feels good, he says. Another curveball release, 2018's FM, uh, was a vibrant framing of a radio station anchored by recurring skits of Big Boy, a veteran of LA's rap radio scene, for as long as Staples has been alive. But now he's back with a fourth album that seems as if he's signed a fresh tra- chapter. It's self-titled and, quote, tells a lot of my story, he uh, says Staples, in a way that's, quote, more descriptive than anything before it, unquote. A brief 22-minute affair, the album transports us back to Long Beach, clearly addressing the daily pressures Staples encountered not just in living, but in psychologically negotiating his position as a young man who, in spite of his surroundings, became successful. On every corner, he is reminded of the distrust he has in people, triggered by his gang past and uh, and of being forced to keep his wits about him in case the, uh, that past catches up with him. The interviews come courtesy of his mother, who details her anger issues, while Lakewood Moore sees one of his friends tell a story of narrowly avoiding a house pie that ended with a homicide. I'm gonna... Yeah, you know what, I'm not gonna skip. Let's keep going. Uh, the album's subdued production from Kenny Beats, bringing it a little closer to G-Funk uh, and its obsession with sampling old soul records than the willful experimentation of his previous releases, places an exclamation point on his own strife. On songs like Sundown Town, Staples reminisces about making money by selling drugs. Quote, we was in the hood, Ren was late, ain't had section 8, with a 38 and an 8th, moved on to 68, moved on 68th. Unquote. Meanwhile, his paranoia and reclusiveness bleeds out on Law of Averages, where he says, quote, count on my bands, all alone at home, don't you, don't you call my phone, everyone that I've ever known asks me for a loan, unquote. 
the unswerving way in which he analyzes his experiences might seem unsettling to some, but they are his. He raps in a controversial, t- conversational tone, as if uh, these events happened very recently, but he is unapolo- unapologetic about them, because they are part and parcel of his existence. I'm just looking at life, he says, uh, says Staples with an audible shrug. Every song is just how I feel that day. I try to make sure my music speaks to my current state. I don't dwell on the past, unquote. Vince's casual nature flies in the face of mainstream hip-hop's current climate, where many artists go to substantial extremes to prove themselves as people to be feared. Take the cautionary tale of the controversial NYC SoundCloud rapper Takashi69, for example, a young man whose entire gimmick and appeal relied on his affiliation with a real-life gang, the Nine Trey Gangster Bloods, which he actually had very little to do with, or YMW Melly, the Florida-based artist tip for stardom after releasing the single Murder on Mind in 2018 before being arrested and charged for the real-life murder of his best friend. Staples uh, blames the environment around 6ix9ine, Melly and others, for the desire uh, to project a hardcore image. Quote, This is a business where we monetize people's struggle, struggles, pain, death and murder, he says. If you're a kid from a situation and you feel the only way that you'll get out of the situation uh, where there's immense poverty or bad home life or low self-esteem is by doing this thing that everyone is selling. You're going to try and sell that thing. We've seen people market and distribute death and destruction within our communities for decades. They do these things because it gets attention. What we, what do we really expect when we give people millions of dollars to say that to say they're tough? They're gonna say they're tough. Is common sense, unquote. You could argue that there's increased visibility of these rappers due to social media. Uh, which heightens the sensationalism around marketing their rough toughness, real or imagined, to wider audiences. But Staples thinks there's too much focus on bad boy role models everywhere at the moment. Qu- uh, quote, These people who do the wrong thing are always brought up by the media, but no, one's who, but no one who's done by, uh, the right things has been mentioned, says Staple. Drawing on Will Smith's musician son, uh, son as an example, Jada Smith gives food to the homeless and has a water company. I've never heard anyone say his name in an interview, unquote. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He is not wrong. I don't really like Jaden Smith's musical that much, but I, I saw that uh, the shit he was doing with the water and the homelessness, and I was like, you know what, respect. Like, big ups. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to give props on that front. And uh, we don't do that. We don't do that often. We don't do that anyway, I don't think. Um, apart from maybe, like, uh, you know, Will Smith back in the 90s, when, you know, obviously it was Will Smith back in the 90s. Like, you can't really escape Will Smith in the 90s, but... Um, if you have like dudes that aren't really uh, about the uh, harshes of you know gangster life and all that kind of stuff, you don't really get you don't really get anywhere really. Like uh, Digital Underground, for example, they weren't talking much about you know uh, gangster life, even though Shock G lived in the same lived in basically uh, lived in the same era as someone like Tupac, uh, someone who he actually you know brought into the game. Um, and if you listen to Digital Underground, most of the stuff they talk about is just sex, right? And just and just being very funny about it, like and you don't you don't really you don't see them getting the platinum plaques. But anyway, you know, work into rap and how it rewards destructive behavior are part of a wider societal issue. But Staples hopes the genre continues to serve as a chance for black people to express themselves and, in cases such as his, save themselves from the darker destiny. Quote, as long as rap continues to be a medium to help people uh, get their families out of poverty, get their stories heard and filter through their creativity to their emotion, filter through their creativity to their emotions, uh, that's all I want. That's all I care about. 
I don't care what the next sound is going to be, only if the next kid is able to change their life, unquote. Stables proves to be incredibly perceptive, both of himself and the world, of ra- world around him. Seeing things for how they are uh, has kept him grounded, while not playing to the rules of the music industry has kept him focused on what is important. A mansion, isn't it? As he screams uh, in the new, alb- uh, new album track, The Shining, he's the last person to read the reviews of his releases or worries, worry about success. Quote, I don't look at things commercially or critically, he concludes. If I'm able to take care of my family, then I'm grateful. And, you know, that's that's pretty much, like, that's very simple way of thinking about things, and I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for the simple way of thinking, um, even though I probably apply how I go about things as more uh philosoph- philosophizing and more existential i zoom out a lot and th- you know as you guys know i that's usually my mantra for most things just zoom out and then you maybe and then you have a better chance of understanding things um and that's what i try and do i really strive to try and understand things that's why i do the podcasting for example right that's why i do ditd as well trying to understand you know why is this art- why do people like this artist so much or why does uh you know, why does the industry do this? Why does the why why does this happen? Why does that happen? You know, what I mean, just constantly asking why and stuff like that. But with that said, I'm cool with someone like Vince Staples. You know, just doing his thing and uh, moving on. You know what I mean? And not uh, seeking, you know, constantly, constantly trying to be in the headlines. You know what I mean? Just trying to stay quote unquote relevant. You know what I mean? If you drop stuff, you drop stuff. If you don't, you don't. If you want to tweet, go tweet. Do you, bro? Do you? But I just feel like this. There's a lot of times where, you know, people just, uh, just stay, just try and stay in the know, or not stay in the know, but stay relevant, and just really desperately try to do that, regardless of what they're doing, and just constantly do stuff to, hey, hey guys, I'm doing this. Like, see me, see me, see me. It's just like, chill out. <laughs> you know what I mean, so. Um, I'm, I'm different in terms of what, how Vince goes about things, but that's just me. But if I had to choose between like the the fame and stardom lifestyle and the Vince Staple lifestyle, I'm going for the Vince Staple lifestyle, that's for sure. So hop into film and TV, and uh, this is something that I've been, you know, thinking about for the past couple of weeks, especially when, uh, you know, UK cinemas back in action, um, albeit uh, socially distanced. But then again, when it comes to the 19th, it'll probably be fully, fully stocked, and I don't know about that. Um, but I found this, uh, you know, little opinion piece uh, by a Cara, uh, Cara, Cara, Swisher um, via the New York Times. And it was cool. And it's called "Sorry, We Aren't Going Back to the Movies." And um, I'm just, I'm just fascinated for how this argument is um, being portrayed here. And I feel like I, I feel I have a feeling that this is the majority thought. And I'll back that up with you know another point uh, I wanted to make that I just saw recently um, pertaining to the Emmy nominations. But we'll get we'll get to that in a sec. Um, so let's just jump right in. And spoiler alert well not spoiler alert but um trigger warning there's a lot of talk about fast nine so if you want to tune out go for it because that's what i do uh every every film article is just a commentary on fast nine and what they what they think about films in the moment it's just like 
I get it. It's fucking fast nine. Like, get it. like it, they always need to shove it in. And Karis does the same thing. I don't know why. It's because people are watching fast nine. And nothing else uh, in the cinema anyway. Yeah, anyway, uh, I love Vin Diesel so much that he's the only man who could persuade me to head back to the movie theater post COVID. I'm talking about Fast Nine, of course, the latest installment of the Fast Furious series. Uh, this time, pitting Mr. Diesel's uh, long t- long-suffering Family Guy. Uh, Dom Torero about <laughs> family guy, family uh, against his forsaken brother Jacob, played by John Cena, and then there is Charlie Theron as the ever evil cipher and dot dot dot. Well, whatever. I don't really care about the typically witless plots as long as there's there are cars and explosions, and mostly cars exploding. But it's certainly enough to get me into a small multiplex tonight uh, and fork over the money to see it in. Uh, the first in-person movie I have been to in forever. And I'm not alone. The Musclebound franchise has garnered more than $500 million worldwide so far since it opened in 20- June 25th. More than $125 million in the US and more, um, notably more than $200 million in China. As the biggest haul in the pandemic... Er- as the biggest haul in the pandemic era, some in, uh, some in Hollywood see the performance of Fast 9 or F9 as a sign that the theatrical releases are back. And the inevitable push to streaming, which has escalated drastically because of the pandemic restrictions and consumer fears, will abate. After all, much of Hollywood recoiled when the Warner Media head Jason's Killer, uh, 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 Killer, K A I L I A R, Killer, Killer, I don't know, announced uh, last December that the studio will release its 2021 movies in theaters and on its streaming service, uh, HBO Max, at the same time. Hollywood has reacted as if the former uh, Amazon Hulu exec had taken away all its Botox. I get it, especially because he and his team uh, did the deal cloddishly. They did not uh, value the enduring importance of talent relationships or anticipate the pain of foisting a new economic deal on an old system. Even still, given the most, uh, given most of what Hollywood pumps out, it's clear that Mr. Keeler uh, will be proved right. Uh, he correctly point- pointed out that streaming was about to match and eventually overtake theatres as the critical way to distribute entertainment. It has been the same across the business spectrum. Post-pandemic, retailers or restaurants or uh, office real estate developers will surely be back, but not, I am sorry to report, better than ever, no matter how hard the old guard decrees the inevitable. COVID has only escalated tech power that was already starting to overwhelm many industries, and movie theaters remain on the lowest floodplain. Change is nothing new for Hollywood. The powers of B in music and television managed to make mincemeat of Napster and call Netflix names, only to watch the ongoing digital uh, army advance anyway. Now, of course, and obviously, uh, Hollywood has embraced the change and produced an amazing array of entertainment in re- recent years after a whole lot of dramatic bellyaching. That's smart, since consumers love both the content and digital content delivery, and eventually, as the water equalises, as it always does, Hollywood movie folks will figure out the necessary economic equilibrium. When streaming is an option, given the decline of the price of home theatres and boom in streaming capabilities, increasing numbers of people will take it, and the theatre business, including struggling chains, will continue to shrink and labour to sell tickets unless theatre owners improve the movie-going experience and offer better services, or just admit that operating a theatre is a labour of love. A good example of the latter is director Quentin Tarantino's recent purchase of the truly wonderful Vista Theatre in Los Angeles, where he plans to show new movies only on film and not via digital projection. I might buy it once or twice when I'm in town, but more as a quaint gesture. 
I'm here to tell you that it's not going to make them uh, make most theaters cool or prof- or more profitable again. Except, of course, when the entertainment industry pumps out mega products like F and F, and even The Quiet Place Part Two, which is which has beat F9 so far with more than 145 million domestic revenues, and was the first blockbuster in months to play exclusively in theaters for several weeks before being available for streaming. Both have been helped by pent-up demand, but also by the fact that they are quote-unquote events. We'll see if upcoming blockbuster wannabes like uh, lined up like planes at an overcrowded airport ready to fly can take off. Well, sort of. Disney's Black Widow came out on July 9th, both in theatre and on Disney Plus with a $30 premiere access and Gunpowder Milkshake will uh, debut on Netflix on Wednesday and will be released in theatres abroad starting on Thursday. Really? I might give that a watch. Um, that actually might be the first album I'll peep, uh, first uh, uh, film I'll peep, because that does look very good. And I love me some Angela Bassett. So. Um, I'm watching both at home because, for the most part, I now like it that way. And will more and more, and will more and more. I know I am what Hollywood might call an early adopter, so dismiss me all you like. But if, you, if you're not going to listen to me, try Vin Diesel in the original, original Fast and Furious. It don't matter if you win by an intro a mile. Winnings, winning, and yeah. So the re- the the thing I was going to bring up at, um, on top of this is the recent Emmy nominations as well, which um you know I've I don't I don't keep up with anymore. As you guys know, award season is not interesting to me anymore. I'm, I'm kind of removed myself from that. But it well, I did see a fact um saying that out of all the nominations from the uh, all the nominations for the Emmys, um. Uh, all the streaming uh, what was the was the fact it was basically if you're a satellite and cable show i forget how it was worded in america um basically all of the all of the other forms of television combined um couldn't even account for, couldn't even uh, hold a candle to the amount of shows that were produced by streaming sites that's basically what i'm saying um i, I butchered that but yeah that's a little factoid for you and that's crazy like, think about that, right? All the quote-unquote cable shows, satellite shows, whatever you call it, right, in the US, right? Um, that's that's crazy. Um, that's like doing the BAFTAs and then, uh, you know, out of, you know, terrestrial TV, so BBC, ITV, Channel 4, etc., etc. Um, all of those were eclipsed by Netflix, Amazon Prime, and whatever, like I don't know if that, I don't know if that happened in the recent BAFTAs, right? I don't know what the what the uh, what the the score tally was, but that's very scary that the Emmys had more streamers than satellite and cable combined. And I say satellite and cable, I might be wrong on. I know it's cable and something else, so I'm guessing satellite. But yeah, that's crazy. That's cra- and that's TV. That's TV. Okay, that's TV. So TV has already been engulfed. Technically, by uh, by by, if you if you go by award shows, um, if you go by what the Emmys pick, it's already been engulfed by streaming sites. Just think about that; it's already been engulfed. Okay, um, films it, films will probably be the same at some point. I'm I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Um, you might and and this is the thing. I've, I you know I bumped in, I went out the other night and I bumped into a couple of friends. Um, and they literally. Just left the uh, left the local Odeon to see Black Widow, right? And you know, cool. I, I I just don't I just don't know anymore. I don't know why I'm not so eager to go to the cinema anymore. Like I like going to the cinema, 
I'm actually thinking of going to Catford Muse uh, soon um, to see something uh, to see a documentary, but um, I, I'm just debating it. I'm just debating it. Um, I don't I don't know why I'm debating it. Usually I would just be like, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. But I don't know. Maybe it's um, excuse the plane, but maybe it's like because I'm doing uh, doing other things now, or just uh, I I just really don't know. Maybe my schedules have changed to the point where I just don't really feel like I have the time to spend, you know, half an hour getting there or 45 minutes getting somewhere, an hour maybe if I'm going to London and then watching something for, for 90 minutes and then uh, you know, and then going home for like another, another and that takes another hour. I don't know if I want to put forward the time for it um, and I don't have really a home theatre system, right? I would love to fuck you know i'd love to if that if i had like the tv i wanted you know what i mean a nice sound bar um then yeah i'd yeah yeah, yeah I, I probably wouldn't go cinema i honestly i probably wouldn't and especially if it comes on streaming like straight up like straight like straight like that if it's like hbo max and it comes up at the same time fuck it why 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 trek to the cinema honestly why trek i obviously you know sound can be you know, it's going to be better in the cinema, right? Sure, sure. But, you know, I'm not going to suffer if I have, like, a really boss soundbar. You know what I mean? I'm not going to suffer too much. You know what I mean? I'm going to get the bass. So, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of this. I do wonder if if Kara is in the, uh, in the, in the majority here. I'm not sure. Um, I've seen recent figures about a cinema, cinema going ship cinema attendance and uh I, I don't think the cinema industry has uh i think they i think it's less i think it's under their expectations so far so if you want to go by that then yeah kara might be right and she might be in the majority but the the jury's out for me personally i i, I don't really know how to go about this um you know if i if if I don't know. Maybe, maybe it has to be. It has to take a certain film for me to get into it, and just be like, okay, I'm, I'm into it now. And it might, maybe once I go back, it'll like the ang- the. I don't know if it's anxiety or just um, indifference now towards it. Uh, maybe that'll change as soon as I go and peep my first movie back. But at the moment, I just don't really. I'm just not really that excited to be going to the cinema at the moment. Now we finish up with sports, and uh, inevitably, I have to. I'm going to talk about uh, the recent uh, you know, Euro final. Obviously, Italy uh, beat England on penalties, um, and yeah, you know it happened. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not exactly. I'm not that invested in football, so I kind of, <laughs> I literally as soon as as soon as the final finished, I went upstairs to record in digits. <laughs> so, I, I was, I was, I was into it. I was into it, but as soon as it, as soon as it flopped, I was like fuck all right well upstairs to go record all right so but um i saw a really good i've read this really good editorial from the financial times of all places um and yeah i feel like it was really a really succinct uh, way of thinking about uh, everything that's transpired since that fateful kick by bakayo saka and uh you know all the the mark Rashford stuff uh, with his mural uh and obviously uh, the abuse shot uh thrown towards Jaden sancho saka and rashford uh uh, specifically, uh, people talking about uh, you know where where the racism came from, and majority of it was abroad. 
some people saying like you know VPNs exist so you know it might have been that I, <clears throat> I can't really be asked to get into that kind of stuff of like uh, were, were they British were they not I don't care racism is racism um, I don't really give a fuck whether it's whether it's in our own soil I'm going to be more concerned if it was on our own soil because why are you racially abusing like people and then uh, you, 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 know, you boo for the knee and then you do the that I could go about that but I won't because I've done it before um, but if it's, you know, international, it's still racism, like, go fuck yourself, like, I mean, it's still racism at the end of the day, so, but I, I, I found this really good editorial by the Financial Times, it's just succinctly called Football Racism and the England Team, so let's drop right in, because it's really good stuff, um, you will have to, it is behind a paywall, but if you go on Google News, guys, uh, you can peep it, so, um, that's how I've been doing it, uh, I literally got the link and I was like oh no paywall paywall so I tried to find it Despy on Google News and I found it and I got it so I could read it anyway let's jump right in uh, football tournaments form part of the collective memory of nations for Brazil the World Cup winning team in 1970 is still a symbol of the nation at its da- da- dazzling best the Danish team that won the European football championships in 1992 was greeted by the largest celebrations in Copenhagen since the end of the second world war this week it is in- Italy's turn to celebrate triumph in the European Championships, a victory that will taste all the sweets after a year of pandemic and recession. For the losers, England, however, the news coverage makes much much tougher reading. Rather than celebrating a first tournament victory in more than 50 years, the headlines are about racist abuse of English play- England players who missed crucial penalties in the shootout that decided the final. Sadly in defeat, the evil demons that have stalked English football for decades, racism and hooliganism, have resurfaced. The ugliness of the social media reaction was so bad that the, excuse me, that the Prime Minister and the heir to the throne felt compelled to speak out. Yeah, but they don't speak out about anything else, but, you know, that's just me. Just saying, uh, such bile must not be downplayed. Yet, the very fact that he has captured, uh, it has captured attention in both conventional and social media is paradoxically a sign of progress in both English football and wider society. In past decades, racist barracking uh, was routine at English football grounds and was, shamefully, largely ignored by football authorities and by television commentators. Black players, including those who represented the national side, were expected to react uncomplainingly. Today, rightly, there is a public outcry, one championed by the England team and its manager, Gareth Southgate. A new generation of black players, led by the team star Raheem Sterling, no longer hesitate to call out abuse. All the, bling- all the England players, black and white, knelt before games to protest against racism. The team's decision to take the knee was booed by some England fans. Pre Patel, Home Secretary and in the Johnson government, refused to condemn the booing and instead dismissed taking the knee as quote-unquote gesture politics. Uh, the outpouring of abuse currently being aimed at players such as Bukayo Saka and Marcus Rashford underlines exactly why the gesture was and is necessary. There is no doubt that a substantial proportion of the governing Conservative Party shares Patel's contempt for the England, te- England team's anti-racism efforts. One Tory MP even refused to watch the England games in protest at the team taking the knee. Another commented immediately, after the game that Rashford widely acclaimed for a campaign last year to address child to, to address child food poverty would do better to concentrate on quote unquote perfecting his game rather than quote unquote playing politics. With the Johnson government unable or willing un, or unwilling uh, to give a clear lead on racism, it has been left to the team manager to articulate the role the England team can play as a symbol of national unity. Even before the tournament began, Southgate highlighted the abuse of black players get on social media, writing, quote, 
Why would you want to choose a, to abuse somebody for something as ridiculous as the colour of their skin? He went on. Unfortunately, for those people that engage in that kind of behaviour, I have some bad news. You're on the losing side. It's clear to me that we are heading for a much more tolerant and understanding society. And I know our lads will play, will be a big part of that. Unquote. The England team's success in the tournament over the past month uh, places Southgate and his players in an even stronger position to lead the fight for a more tolerant and less racist society. And you know, guys, this comes off the this this is coming you know straight before the Olympics, which is uh, coming uh, in uh, one episode st- <laughs> after this episode and the next episode. It'll basically be beginning um, open ceremonies on the twenty third, if I'm not if I'm correct. Uh, and I, I I would be very, 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 very surprised if there aren't any protests on that front. Not even UK wide, not even for Team GB, um, but just like in general, uh, whether it's Americans or uh, any particular um, African nations. Um, I don't know, South Asian. I don't know, but yeah, I I would be very surprised if there's if um, you know there 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 aren't any formal protests. Um, if it's like during the event, before the event, you know, what I mean, taking a kit off or whatever, um, and just having a shirt or an armband, whatever, man, just any gesture. I would be very surprised if there aren't any during the Olympics. And this is it now. This is this is how things are going to be. And in England's England case and the FA case, um, I'm actually kind of impressed. I will say, um, with the response they have taken. Uh, you know, be, uh, even um, even media organisations, BBC Sport, BT Sport, Sky Sports, um, they have you know made their presence felt. I think and have uh, really consistently talked about it, consistently mentioned it. Uh, whenever something happens, constantly mention it and call it out. Calling it out is the first is the first port of call here, and uh, for for decades until maybe last year, honestly. Until last year, it, it it barely happened. And if it did, it happened in very um, particular cases. Were talked about for maybe a week or so, and then just you know shoved to the side. But now it's a consistent issue. It's a consistent thought, and consistently talked about. And that is good. That is a great step. And you know, as somebody that has been critical about uh, how English football and you know obviously even European football. Uh, I feel, I feel like English football is actually ahead of the, all the others right now, and that's good. That's a good thing. Um, the others need to follow. I feel. Um, you know, but we've yeah, people. People mention Italy, obviously. Um, and trust me, guys. You know, we talked about it. Italy. We, we, I think we've talked about it before. Uh, you know, saying to like uh, Balotelli. Um, he's he's constantly talked about how racist Italy is. Um, I'm sure if you ask Luka, Robert Lukaku, um, he said the same thing. So uh, it's not just England, obviously. That's that's not the point here. I'm not saying it's just England that are racist. Like, oh, they, again, I think I mentioned. It, I think there was a mention of this a while back, um, saying like uh, where the government said like we're the least racist, and that's not the point. Like that's not the point here. Again, excuse the plane. That's not the point. The point is you should be continuing on with what you're doing. Like just because you're you know in in some ways some way ahead. Uh, in your in your estimation, um, doesn't mean shit to me. Uh, I'm still seeing, I'm still hearing, uh, I'm still seeing racist tweets on social media. I'm st- on, on people on people like Bukayo Saka's uh, Instagram comments. I I don't care where it's from. It's still happening, right? 
I, I, I see and hear uh, racism in stadiums when it happens. I it need, it, it need, it, as soon as as soon as fans came back in stadiums, boom, racism. And I don't care if it's like uh, what did one what did one politician say the other day? Ten percent of the country have like I don't know I don't know if it was if it was admitted if it was the word or just uh, has done a racism, <laughs> right? Right? I don't. I, it was like ten percent of something uh, uh, or ten percent of people have I don't know either confirmed they've been racist or whatever or they are i don't think that was the wording but yeah something of that nature and i was just like okay and we're still seeing it so like you know it, it really it starts it starts, just just saying it as a as a as like a oh it's only that doesn't fucking matter it still exists you should be aiming for zero not being comfortable with 10 you know so um yeah uh, that, that's pretty much all. That's pretty much all I have for it. Um, you know, I, I just it's it's a shame that a lot of this. Um, I really wanted to, you know, uh, have some thought about you know how good the Euros have been as a just a, as a tournament. I feel like it's been very fun to watch. Um, I watched the majority of games and I thoroughly enjoyed myself. Right, um, but yeah, now it's just ended with this, and uh, this the whole thing is mired by this, and it's just disappointing. It's just disappointing, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It is what it is. Uh, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm surprised. I'm just disappointed, um, and uh, I hope you guys are disappointed as well. And uh, you know, if you see anything on that front, call that shit out. Like, like I said, the first port of call is calling that shit out consistently, consistently getting on these dudes' necks, consistently on getting on these racist people's necks. You know, that's 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 fact. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen. From the Fifth and Podcast Network, I've a chai and this been what's good. It's, uh, intro music has been too much by Vanilla. Thanks to your breaker for the to use a track. You can find both their links in the full show notes. Thanks to Nappy Hire for the to use Charismatic for the interlude. You can also find his link in the full show notes. And with that said, hope you all have a good week. Wish I was trying to do the same. But until the next time, take it easy, ladies and gentlemen.